Welcome into a signing day edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by Nick Kruger and Rob Cassidy. How's it going today, boys? Boy, I'm not burnt out yet. This is the, the best I've ever dressed for a podcast. You know, I'm in a studio. I'm wearing a suit, which is, you know, goes against usually sitting in a closet and wearing athletic shorts and a basketball jersey. Yeah, you do look uh, pretty foine, if I do say so myself. Uh, Nick and I are wearing matching polos. Are you saying it's three hot hosts? Yeah, it's definitely three hot hosts. And guess what? It's been one hot signing day. Um, <laughs> the hottest. <laughs> I was actually working on three hot teams right before we, right before we started this. So National Signing Day in the books for all intents and purposes, or what? What, what do people say when they combine it together? Intensive, intensive purposes. Yeah, intensive, yeah. yeah, for all intensive purposes. Uh, let's just we're, we're going to do this quick. This is going to go out tomorrow, which will be Thursday, which will be today, or to, or yesterday. Or the day before yesterday. Depends what time zone you're For those of you listening to it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be joined by Mike Leach later in the show, who Rob talked to uh, via telephone, which, you know, uh, the audio may be a little dicey, but we're going to let it let it ride because it's signing day. Yeah. So. Did you listen to it yet? No. Okay. I, didn't, I thought you were confirming the audio was dicey. We're just uh, guessing it probably is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. The last time I interviewed him, he was doing push-ups in between questions. Right. So yeah, exactly. So uh, just just kind of just kind of wrapping things up. We just finished our show, which you can watch the replay on on Rivals.com. You can also see it on uh, Yahoo Sports. We're here in a real podcast studio, as we we got some good feedback from our audio quality. Let's go. Biggest takeaways, biggest things, biggest this, that, and the third. Alabama wins the championship. Cool story, bro. What, what's new, right? Yeah, I know. Does it even like require too much talking about it? It's like, all right, Alabama got a bunch of very good in-state players. They got the number one player from California, number one player in the country from the state of California. They got Jerry Judy, one of the top wide receivers from Florida, and that's the that's Did they the get one. three five-stars from Florida? Judy? Judy, Leatherwood. Who was the third one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just – I mean, they got Mac Jones, who was a, was a four-star. They got two a-star. Uh, Tagavoy Law. Well, may- maybe I think in regards to Alabama, the thing that we that bears mentioning is the highest ranked player in Alabama, LeBron Ray, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was he was what he was like barely a top fifty player. So for them to put to win to win the recruiting championship without uh, you know support from the in-state players like they got from the national recruiting they did, I think maybe that's the impressive thing. Yeah, I mean, it, we look at last year they had two five-star in-state linebackers who signed, and I remember. Some people famously saying, how can they have that many five stars? There's not that many people who live there. The old Tony Kornheiser population theory when it comes to the World Cup, how the U.S. shouldn't lose to teams that have smaller populations than us, which doesn't really hold up. It doesn't hold up in recruiting either. But uh, you mentioned that national efforts and, and, I mean, what can you do? What can you do? There's nothing. How do they be – how are they How are they stopped? Does anything stop them? Is it Saban retiring? Or what? I mean – They're hot. And that's really all there is to it. I mean, they're real hot. And no, it's Saban. If he re- yes, there will be a back bump no matter what when Saban retires, unless they fill his shoes with the reincarnated corpse of Bear Bryant or something like that. But that's the only thing, though, right? I mean, what else is going to stop them recruiting? I, I'm not saying that they're an unstoppable force that's going to be in every national championship game from here until Saban leaves. But recruiting wise, they have built such a reputation of being a dynasty and the place to go if you want to contis- consistently compete for national championships. I don't think that's going to wear off before Saban retires. I mean, and plus, you know, it's a combination of that's such a standard that's been set, but also it's not like Saban is 35 years old. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then if we look back historically, okay, when the last team we had that was even close to this was USC. 
what ended their run it was the sanctions which killed which was absolute kill which were the most ridiculous penalties in the history of mankind uh i think it's fair to say uh, sorry nelson mandela um <laughs> but i mean th- those penalties are insane now when you look at it compared to some other schools i mean they lost 15 scholarships a year so that was a that's an outlier in what slowed them down the same with miami what slowed them down a coaching change losing coaches to the nfl uh, I'm trying to think back of other ones, you know, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Florida had a, Florida had a pretty good run. Oh, and what, what slowed it down was recruiting went off the rails. They had recruited some, you know, sketchy character types. Who Then we had a bunch of busts. We had internal drama. We had Urban's health problems. It was a, a perfect storm. And I always thought heading into this year it would be, okay, it's going to be a quarterback. They're, gonna, they're not going to have a quarterback. You know, they're going to lose two or three games. It turns out. They didn't win the national championship, but with Jalen Hurts because he ended up kind of being a little bit of an Achilles heel there late in the process. But they made it to the national championship relatively, you know, easy. I mean, they didn't really even get tested that much during the year, right? Well, truthfully, I mean, what what's the last truly effective quarterback that they that they've had? I mean, they've been winning a lot. Like last season, I don't think they really had a true. Yeah, do we even remember who the quarter was? It Coker? Who was the quarterback? Yeah, they last year? they were playing they were playing two quarterbacks last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, at different times. So. So I mean, you know, hey, listen, you got a you got a system, you got a, a way of manufacturing players, and you know, a lot of times when you look at some of the teams they play, they're obviously physically bigger and better and stronger. It must be a heck of a strength program out there too, huh? Yeah, yeah. The, well, boy, that weight room is uh, pretty nice. I went and one time I famously snuck into an Alabama camp, as media is not allowed to do. <laughs> but you know, guess what? Sometimes when you're a journalist like me, yeah. you got to go undercover. <laughs> I was like, I was like the Lisa Ling of Rivals.com. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. moving on. We didn't talk that much about Clemson, or Clemson, as they're often referred to today, and, and that's because they only had 14 commits, and, and people are like, you know, and that's that's maybe one flaw in our system of adding the points. You know, you think, the fir- the, for those who don't know, our team rankings are calculated on 20 recruits, and so when you only have 14, uh, the next six count is, as zeros, basically, so it, it brings the, the point total down. Um, it was It's interesting because they wrapped their whole class up. They missed on Xavier McKinney. That was the one miss they had. He committed to Alabama at the Under Armour game. We all thought he was going to Clemson, including me, who didn't even do a story on Alabama because I figured he was going wow. to. Well, what a journalist. Sources close to me say that a source close to him guaranteed to a source close to me that it was Clemson. <laughs> so, yeah, and Clemson was, was uh, rather surprised. And as Andrew Bone told us, Alabama didn't even know he was going to commit there. So I don't feel so bad about that one. Um, but think about the, what they're doing. We, they've already got Trevor Lawrence committed for next year, and we've seen this, okay? We, if we go back years, Mitch Hyatt committed a year before signing day and never wavered. Deshaun Watson committed a year before signing day and never wavered. Uh, I think it was Tavian Feaster who did it the year before that. And then this year's class, they were all committed. I'm wondering, how are they convincing these elite guys to end their recruitments early and kind of be drama-free? Is it the kind of people they're recruiting what do you think i think there's a stance right and i've said this before and you know i'll continue my tirade of being public enemy number one in iowa if you were clemson right now you can get away with saying commit early and don't decommit don't take a bunch of visits and does it work every time no but it holds more weight i think when you're clemson and you're selling what clemson's saying because hey guess what if we boot you out of this class we can get somebody else Uh, and i think they're able to get away with doing that kind of thing and it, it just because of kind of the cachet that clemson carries uh, some schools don't, and they try to, to play that game, and it doesn't work as well for them. But if you're a Clemson or an Alabama or a team that's consistently in the hunt in the last few years, I think you can get away with it. And I think there's something 
to that. I don't think Clemson takes a hard line, but I think that sometimes you know it's very encouraged that if you commit now, you're going to stick. Right, and, and it works. It, it's it's a, like you said, it's a fine line, and it's 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 a free market system, baby. Right, it is, it is, and it, they did a great job. So I think I just I wanted to touch on Clemson because they've essentially been, you know, ignored. I go on all these radio shows, no one's even asked me about them. Yeah, they 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 may not be red hot, but they're still hot. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, Marvin Wilson. Uh, uh, I can't remember Nick. Uh, you're the Texas analyst, aren't mm. you? I seem to remember a certain someone on this side of the microphone saying that Marvin Wilson was going to go to Florida State because I was so mad at him over his USF uh, incident. Do we remember that discussion? Yeah, yeah we recall. <laughs> what happened? How, for for realsies, how did he end up picking FSU? I mean, you did have him on the phone earlier today. I don't know if you even talked about uh, it. Yeah, fa- famously Adam Fisher, the real uh, ACC Adam expert. Fisher, Adam Friedman. Yeah, big, yeah. big shout. Big, big <laughs> shout. from the past. Big, big, the shout to, big shout to Adam Fisher, who fi- who works with us, at, who worked with us at the Naples Daily News. Officer Fisher? Still yeah. works at the Naples Daily News. Yeah, uh, hey, Ten years in running. Big shout Adam Fisher, Penny Fisher, the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you just go back to what he said in that interview. He said the in-home visit was the uh, kind of the linchpin in his decision-making process, the way that they approached him and his family. I mean, I, you know, I was of the I was of the thinking that LSU was going to be the contender, uh, the the lead contender, because I know Coach Orgeron made him a, a very strong, a, a very big priority. Went out to visit him as often as he could. Um, you know, them being the closest geographically to the final three teams uh, between Ohio State and Florida State. You know, I know as uh, getting his brother to games to watch him play in person really weighed heavy on him. You know, and then you look at the official visit that he took with, uh, you know, with Baron Browning, Jeff Okuda, um, Walker Little, all of them went out to Florida State. All three of those guys went to different places, you know. So I thought, you know, that was kind of going to be a situation where everybody was going to go to the place that, you know, we sort of thought that they were going to be. Florida State was a nice trip. But, um, but you know, who can argue with that decision? I mean, it's still relatively – uh, close to home, you know, being in the panhandle is not a horrible drive. I just made it uh, myself not too long ago. Yeah. And, you know, if they can get out to a couple of games to, to see him out there, that's good. And, and Florida State definitely has a tradition of producing, you know, pretty solid defensive linemen up front there. So I don't think you can argue with that. You know, we've talked several times about the fact that if Jimbo Fisher ended up at LSU, that would be the pick regardless. Uh, so obviously that relationship with Jimbo Fisher w- was important to him. So, you know, none of those, you know, when you think, sit back and think about all those ingredients, you know, you could have made the case for LSU just as easily as you could have for Florida State, and he just went with FSU. Yeah, I think it, it's incredible the way they closed with Cam Akers before, you know, the famous Riddle episode, which, by the way, might be our most listened to episode of all time, despite every person calling me so many names. Yeah, well, we all get caught names. We all get yeah. caught your crossfire. Yeah, yeah, the Riddle. Uh, guess what? We have to really work hard to get a Riddle next year as well because three years in, the two years running has been the best thing. But that was a terrific addition. Marvin's a terrific addition. They got Leonard Warner this morning out of uh, the Atlanta area. And, I mean, you know, they missed on Levi Jones. Uh, with, but, you know, so what? Who cares? Yeah, right. no, 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 no. I don't think at the end of the day they're gonna they're gonna miss Levi. Yeah, I, I mean, so, sorry, he's a nice Levi. player, but I mean, Man, even if you don't know anything about those two players, does it like Leonard Warner just sounds like a a, a better football player than Levi Jones? <laughs> we names. Yeah, I mean, Levi and Levi too. Such a you know when you talk to him, I mean, he's one of the most kind of uh, you know laid back sort of personalities that you could talk to. I mean, you obviously he kind of closed himself off to. 
recruiting reporters like myself when it came down to the nitty gritty <laughs> trying to figure out who he was going to commit to. But, but yeah, but but generally, when you have a nice conversation with him, he's all smiles, pretty laid back. I mean, Southern California seems yeah. like a nice fit for him. Yeah, uh, throw the dubs up for the West Coast. Let's talk about USC. I was just working on the winners and losers article, and I think uh, I put myself in the winners category, and you guys in losers, uh, <laughs> fat losers, both of you. <laughs> hey, we had, that's a good talk about your all-time callback jokes. Yeah, fat losers is an old one. Boy, little did we know that that would turn into our president that we were uh, referencing. <laughs> no, we had no idea. I, you know what? We were saying fat loser before Donald Trump was ever saying fat loser. Yeah. He ripped us off. Yeah, he did. He did. So anyway. Uh, big shout, Donald Trump, the President of the United States. I know you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> Rob, Rob groans and disgusts. It's a factual hey, statement. Listen, a, a listen is a listen. Yeah, so, hey, <laughs> as long as he downloads, he doesn't have to play it. Just hit the, leave us a review, Donald. Highly overrated Woody, Rob, and Nick on <laughs> their washed-up podcast. Sad. This is a sad. It's big league. This is a big league podcast. Well, you know, you know it was a big league podcast. Our, our boy uh, Puck Daddy was in here earlier. Boy. Jeez, talk about a podcast. We got a lot of, a lot of a book. We don't have a book. Yeah, no, they dictated their entire book in the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boy, yeah, they, it took them two hours to record a podcast. So. They're nice guys, though, and I enjoy their podcast. I listen from time to time. No, it's entertaining. Um, USC. I'm working on winners and losers, as I stated prior. Mm. They had six guys today, four stars or higher. Uh, you mentioned Levi Jones, uh, Josh Follow, Joseph Lewis. I mean, these are a lot of West Coast guys, not guys we usually talk about on the show, but uh, I guess we'll start with you, Rob. What did you think about, I mean, th- it seems like they got the momentum, the momentum we thought Texas might have. I mean, Helton was going to get fired. I think I, he, it's amazing. It's, it's crazy, right? A friend of the podcast, Sean Rose, like beating his chest. I never doubted any of this, but USC fans were very close to turning on Todd Helton. That's not a fairy tale thing. They were all so upset with him at the beginning of the year. Then they they win the Rose Bowl, and all of a sudden they're riding this recruiting wave. I always like it because I I love seeing whiny fans get their comeuppance. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. And when those fans got whiny, and then they kind of got their mouth shut. And anytime that happens, um, I appreciate it because I can't go on the internet and tell them they're all losers. But you know their head coaches can do it through their actions. Well, I think it's great. I mean, I I personally was under the impression when they were at the start of the year, I was like, see ya. See you, Clay. Oh, me too. Could take it back to the MLB with your brother Todd Helton and oh. get out of here. Uh, but lo and behold, here we are. I mean, they were so good to close the year. They went up and beat Washington. Um, they they came back and won that game against against Penn State in the Rose Bowl. And I remember I was getting a lot of texts from people, my friends who were watching the game, and I was like, once Penn State got up, I was like, we know how sometimes certain players tend to maybe not give maximum effort, I would say. Sure. Uh, we've seen that in the past. But they showed, you know, they showed hard, as Tom Herman said. We ripped their chest open. What did he say? Tear <laughs> their rib cage uh, open? We're going to change the whole subject now because I'm getting, I'll get upset. Uh, we'll we'll get back on Herman. We'll get, we'll get, he we'll, said, yeah, so, so what recruiting he said. Recruiting rankings don't rip, oh, I'll have to read the text early, later. Don't rip open a player's chest and look at his heart. Or no, and measure his heart. Yeah. But, but here's the, pr- okay, you know what? Thanks, USC. You had a great class. We love you. You're terrific, <laughs> etc. Big league, big league. You guys are hot. Let me ask you a question. Who spends? Who do? You, oh, lights are off. <laughs> Nick, Rebels after dark. And now I got a Baylor reporter calling me okay. that I haven't talked to in a. Nick, why don't you go? Why don't you go make sure that we're not getting locked oh, out? Yeah, All right, we gonna make fun of talk. Should I put Tony Adame on the air and ask him about Baylor's class? No, don't 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 do that. Okay, lights are on. There's a motion activated. Boy, we're leaving this in. Sorry, guys. We don't have a lot of time to edit as we're as we're traveling. You can silence your phone, though, Rob. That's okay. Um, 
we spend a ton of time around these kids. And I often tell that to fans. Is that you think you know better than coaches? We're seeing these kids for years. Now, they may have them on an official visit or on an in-home or on campus. But guess what? We have them for an official visit at the five-star challenge. So to say that we can't measure their heart, how do they measure their heart? Well, here, no I, one can measure anyone's heart. Well, here's the thing. That's a made-up thing. There's no, like, that's just like you can't measure their soul or their voodoo or their aura. Guess what? All of it is fake. None of that exists. <laughs> it's all ridiculous. And I, I, it, it's just another way of saying, like, what, they try hard? I, I don't know. Well, like, I think you probably don't I, get to this level if you're not at least kind of trying hard, right? My biggest problem is, and not Herman specifically, because Tom Herman has never called me and complained. Nobody on Tom Herman's staff has called me to complain. But there are coaches, uh, some today, that came out and said, we don't really pay much attention to rankings, that spent the whole year complaining that their guys were underranked. It's like, well, if you don't pay attention, leave me alone all season. I don't want you to complain to me. If, you, if you're just going to go out on National Signing Day and say you don't care about it. Well, here's the thing. I'm throwing it back in their faces next year. I Yeah, exactly. I tend to be like, you know, sometimes we see, you know, celeb types, you know, slide in the DMs of, you know, other people, regular Joes, like not us, but attractive people. And oftentimes, what do we see the people? Screenshot. They see the screenshot in the tweet. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I might screenshot you, but I might screenshot you. I came real close to doing it the it, other day. Because... Like I said, you know, we had Florida's AD come out and talk about rank star rankings. I guarantee they're celebrating being, I think, they finished 11th. Um, but my whole problem with the statement of you can't measure heart, yeah, you, we can't measure heart and neither can you. And, and have we done it in the past where we have a bad feeling about a kid maybe just because of watching them in games or something like that when we ranked them lower and he went to a school and the fan base called me idiots and then the kid quit on the team and transferred in the middle of the season? That might have happened. I can't. <laughs> Just <laughs> I hope people pick that up. That, that might have happened, you know, to one player who went to the SEC and is now in the Mountain West Conference uh, in a lovely city in Colorado. But if, for the most part, we can't predict that. It's 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 too because you 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 have some kids who who you think, you know, this guy seems like like Nick said aloof or or whatever, and they go to college and they're awesome. So I mean, the only people that can measure hard are cardiologists. That's it. They can literally <laughs> cut you open, take whatever kind of heart tra- tape measure they have and measure it. And you know what? I'm a large heart. Well, I don't think you need <laughs> Corey Haim, and he's dead. He's the oh, only person man. with a large fired. heart. Wow. <laughs> well, but, yeah, but here's the deal. So, I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty clear that, uh, you know, Herman or any coach has to, you know, that's another version of coach speak, really. I mean, you have to answer, you have to answer for things one way or the other. The, there was backlash about him not being able to land some of the high-profile guys that people thought were considering Texas pretty heavily. And, and that goes back not just today on signing day. I mean, it goes back with a couple of kids. I mean, Herman was putting in a rock and – I'm going to be a little bit of an apologist and yeah, say that he, shocking. He, was a, he was in a rock and a hard place with, you know, with a couple of kids uh, because, you know, Charlie Strong just flat out didn't offer a lot of highly ranked kids uh, during his time there. Herman had to, you know, try and make up ground. And, but what's he going to say? I failed, you know? Well, well no, I'm not. Missouri's coach today comes right out, and the quote is, "Yeah, we we're not." What did they asked him about rankings, and he said, "Yeah, well, we're, we think we did well, but we're obviously not ranked as high as we need to be ranked in this conference." And I was like, "That is the first time I've ever seen a coach keep it real about that." And I was impressed. That scored me uh, Odom some points with me. Yeah, and and guess what? I think I think maybe it was was it Spurrier or somebody who said something like, "You know, if they're keeping track, we want to win," or maybe it was Saban. Um, 
And guess what? The rankings, okay, you know, Washington played in the playoff. They've been low. They've been ranked lower than others before. It happens, but we know over a long period of time, and, and a lot of people say, well, you ranked the players who were going to the good teams better anyway. Well, guess what? Five years ago, four years ago, we were ranking Clemson's commits higher, and people were saying they, they're Clemsoning every year. They're just going to blow every game. And how about the old Miss situation? They landed a couple good classes, and guess, guess who got really good after those classes? Yeah, they beat Alabama. They beat Alabama two years in a row, and they almost beat them this year. So, you know, and that was based on them going into Chicago and Atlanta and you know, unfortunately, now they didn't have that happen this year. Uh, it was kind of a bummer for for because the, the old Miss fans definitely love our podcast. But um, let's move on. Let's talk about Michigan. We talked a lot about Aubrey Solomon. I tooted my own horn for predicting where Marvels was going to go. Nick, I believe that's right. I did a lot of research. I thought really hard <laughs> about Solomon's recruitment. Came away with a strong take that he was going to go to Michigan. And boy, oh boy! I wish I could well, play that well, drop well. because I think you just like said it with a verbal shoulder shrug. Right? Yeah, 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 Michigan. No, no, no. That, if I recall correctly, that's when the bands kicked in behind me, started playing the fight song, <laughs> yeah. and uh, my wall spontaneously busted out into uh, is it what Midnight Blue, Navy Blue? Yeah. Uh-huh. Maze. Uh, is the other maze. 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 Oh, is maze yellow. is yellow, yeah. like corn. Yeah. As a as a real Wolverines fan, I can tell you that that's exactly what happened, and you know, yeah. low and behold, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you know, I got a feeling you can't you can't measure a prognosticator's heart. Yeah, you just can't. <laughs> his brain. You can't measure his brain unless you crack open his skull and, and scoop it out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cannibalism Podcast. Yeah. Um, but I was really impressed with them. They also got Nico Collins, who we were told last night. Sources were saying. He didn't have a place to go. We were worried about what was going to happen. Of course he had a place to go. I mean, as Adam Friedman once famously said, if he's not a five-star, I don't know what is. Michigan loved him from the get-go. And that's a really strong uh, receiver class now for Michigan, too. I mean, you you know, a lot of the official visits I noticed uh, the kids were taking to Michigan – they were they were scheduling them earlier relative to you know some of the other official visits uh, you know that people were scheduling. They they did a lot of their work in early December or late November there when when you know people were knocking out their other official visits in January. So for Harbaugh to make the impression that he did, you know, kind of be off the and on the back burner, I guess, relatively speaking, to where some of these other schools, the anticipation builds for. Uh, some of these official visits kids are taking at the end and still get these guys uh, and wrap wrap things up with a really nice class. You know, that, I feel like that's just another thing that we can say works in the favor of Harbaugh, right? Yeah, and, I, and like I said, we called him a corn dog, corn ball, corn head. We didn't call him a corn ball. I think most of the things that he does are is genuine and funny and interesting. I just think the pool, the, thing, the pool was thing washed. The pool thing was washed in more ways than one. Yeah, but hey, listen, you know, get, getting Martin in there with Peoples-Jones and now with, uh, you know, Five, debatable five-star Nico Collins. <laughs> wow. Well, those are some, and that, that gives them something we didn't see them have. You know, if we go back to when Harbaugh was at Stanford, they didn't have those kind of athletes on the outside. I mean, Peoples-Jones, two-time member of my next uh, team at the five-star challenge, mm-hmm. ran into a little injury bug this year, which kind of uh, slowed us down. I was like, you know, I don't want to talk about it too much. Are you, are you questioning his heart? Have you cut him open? Well, I wanted to cut him open because, you know, I was like, Donovan. No, he he was legitimately injured. He missed some time after that, so we'll cut him some slack. We, we uh, you know, he – anyway, regardless, they didn't – he didn't have that at Stanford. When you think back to the Toby Gerhardt, when, he, when their best weapons are Zach Ertz and Kobe Fleener or whoever else you want to name. I mean, whatever other tight end. That's the dude who plays for the Falcons. 
or used to play for the Falcons. They just didn't have those. Even Ty Montgomery, who was on the Packers, didn't have those kind of athletes. So um, I think this is a chance for them to take the next step. It may not be this year. He needs that quarterback. I mean, really, Wilson Spate, or Wilton Spate, excuse me, he's okay. He's nothing to write home about. So, so. You, uh, what, are you not saying McCaffrey is going to pan out? Not saying, just saying? Well, mm, I'm a little nervous about I'm a little nervous about McCaffrey. I mean, Rob's very close to the McCaffrey family, as we all know. Uh, famously ranked yes. ranked uh, Christian. <laughs> and, and despite me mocking him, and me, me and everyone at Rivals mocking him for wanting to rank Christian McCaffrey high. Uh, I wanted to make him a five star. You, know, you let me get him. Everybody let me get him to a, like a high four. Yeah, we got him. cannot make this kid Yeah, a five we got him into the top 100, and we were like, Rob, he plays in Colorado. Are you Rocky Mountain High right now? <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, so so great job by great job by Michigan. I think they're doing a great job. We'll see if McCaffrey's the guy. I think he's going to need time. I, I mean, he's so skinny. I mean, don't you think? When he was out there at Army, I was yeah. like, geez, eat a sandwich. And you know, it's weird because his <laughs> his dad actually owns a mustard company. So you know, his sandwiches should be readily available, right? I mean, they they, they sell mustard. The family sells mustard. <laughs> Yeah, man, big shout to my Uncle Tony, rest in peace, who often said the word sandwich. Uh, also, too, I think it's called McCaffrey's, McCaffrey's Condiments is what the name of the, the line is. Okay, so it's a real original. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to get, if you're Ed McCaffrey, right? I mean, what are you marketing here? You're marketing mustard, yes, but you're also marketing your name and kind of the lineage. And yeah. I think they only sell it in the Rocky Mountain region. Let me tell you something. The, the older Max was playing in the NFL and the, the NFC Championship game for, for the Packers, We've seen Christian. I mean, it's hard to doubt. As I said, the you know, I remember a few years ago when we were ranking J.J. Watt's brother T.J. or I believe is who was on Wisconsin, who's about to be a first-round pick. We had a serious argument on: should we just make him a four-star because he's J.J. Watt's brother for yeah, crying out loud? We can't make this mistake again, is what it really. And we did say. make the mistake again, and we ranked him a three-star. Now he's going to be a first-round draft pick, and the other brothers in the NFL too. They're all in the NFL. It's like the Gronkowskis, right? Without the broing and chugging. Right. How many Gronkowskis were there? Four? Yeah, but. Well, all right. The one, even the one that went to Kansas State is in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know if he's he's on a practice team, but he was in the NFL. Like even the runt of the litter, if you want to consider. And the older star. brother was too. The yeah. Then the other one, the only ones that, that wasn't in the NFL was a minor league baseball player. All right. I mean, come on. Hey. You about got that, the genes, you got it's like me and my sister. You know, I was an accomplished athlete. Glenn, my recent, <laughs> Glenn recently told me, not recently, I guess years ago, when I was covering K-State my last year on the beat, that the most trouble they ever be, have been in is those kids if all the brothers were home. And their mom, who's, God bless her, the only woman living in this house, walks in the door to the rest of the kids power bombing Rob through the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of WWF stuff going on in that house. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Those, those guys are... Uh, Quite a bunch of characters, as I heard about the uh, that cruise they had, mm-hmm. which I don't think they're going to be allowed. <laughs> no, they may not I, be able to. Gronk Gronkowski love cruise. Yeah, I think that cruise is off the books, the Gronk Crunk Cruise or whatever it's called. Um, all right, we I, I, we kind of want to wrap it up because we're going to dinner tonight. We got a some type of reservation, right? It's hot, Dave. Yeah, hopefully it's the, with our hot new boss. Yeah, we have. A <laughs> okay, that's too far. <laughs> we do have one hot new boss uh, who's taking us to dinner to celebrate. It was a great day, wasn't it, boys? I mean, it was awesome. And we can end with Mike Leach, right? Oh yeah, Big league. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to cut off too soon. What am, what am I thinking? Mike Leach is now going to join us, talking to Rob. We will be back uh, next week. We got we got a lot of stuff coming on. You're going. What are you doing? You got some type of seven on seven thing? Uh, not this weekend. I've got Orlando as my next event. No, we'll be there together. Adidas seven on seven, where we hope to get some more of these polos and maybe some tennis shoes. 
Zach. Some socks. Zach. Some shorts. Zach. Some joggers. You know what? I need Ooh. some. I just want some boost. Zach, I know you're maybe not listening to this, but I will tag you on Twitter and make sure you do listen to this. Bring the gear to Orlando. It'll be live. <laughs> and get, you know, yeah, big shout to Adidas. Our boy Travis Nancy always taking care of us. He would never listen to this show under any circumstances. Uh, He's way too smart for that, but Travis is always keeping it correct. Even from the first time he met Nick when he gave him a Pitt women's basketball jersey. If I Was that what he gave you? Yes. Yeah. Which and I, I wore that. Yeah, Nick wore oh, that a lot. lot. Yeah. That, you know, a quick story before we get to Leach, because we're going to timestamp. Yeah, Leach will talk all about we're gonna ta- sweet tea anyway. Yeah, we're going to timestamp Leach. So the first, and this will be what we go out on, no rants, no recommendations. The first job uh, Nick and I had working together was at the Naples Daily News in Florida. Nick was an established videographer. We were covering Naples baseball team playing in Port St. Lucie for the hey, state championship at the Mets, the Mets at the Mets Stadium. Real impressive stadium, Mo- by far tradition, the most impressive thing. Field. Yeah, most impressive thing about that city altogether. The aforementioned Travis Nancy was coming into town for his sister Brittany's wedding, which was in Tampa. Now Naples is for those who know, know the geography. Naples down in Southwest Florida, Tampa, a couple mi- a couple hours up the the uh, the interstate there. Line, yeah, yeah, on on seventy five. I had to pick up Travis there, then make it all the way across to the Treasure Coast, which there's no quick way to really get there in time for this game, which was my might have been my first assignment when I got hired at the paper. Well, Travis's flight ends up being a little late. We're racing to get there. I, I It got to the point where Travis had to drive, and, and I was supposed to be doing a live blog. I had to stream the game off the Internet in the car using my hotspot, which was, you know, this was... Oh nine, so we're talking a little bit more primitive. This is the mediocre Naples Daily News money we were making. Yeah, yeah. Before I got this mediocre money here at Rivals, <laughs> uh, according to some people. Um, so anyway, we get to the game, and of course Nick didn't know who I was. Here I roll in like in the third inning or something of a game that I'm supposed to. <laughs> we've never <laughs> met before. Thinking, like him and the photographer, which uh, I believe it was Lexi Swall Bobe at the time, mm-hmm. you know, award-winning founder of Grain Images. <laughs> it was it was a lot of uh, clicking of lips and tisk tisk. Yeah, there was a lot of like who's you know who's this who's this who's this guy. So then, Nick and I were forced to share a hotel room without, without even knowing each other. And I have to tell Nick, hey, listen, Nick, I got my buddy here with me. He's gonna stay in the room with us. <laughs> And so our way, this guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, and this is how every day of my life has been since. So. <laughs> so, so, so in our way of bribing Nick was Travis had brought a bunch of Adidas samples to like give me to wear, and Nick, we let Nick have his pick of the litter to like keep quiet as like a hush. As we give him some gear to keep him quiet, he take he picked the Pitt basketball jersey, and then uh, as we famously remember. You know, the next day I was caught stealing, like, what was I stealing? Uh, oatmeal packets. Yeah, I'm stuffing my cargo yeah, shorts. Yeah. Yeah, this is introduction to Womack 101, <laughs> right? I showed up after the first quarter once to a Kansas-Kansas State football game, uh, the great Dylan Sunflower showdown. Uh, my friend that worked for the Star covering KU at the time and I had gone out and had a little bit too much fun the night before, and we would have gotten away with it. We also did the radio yeah. trick, and we're running our live blogs and our Twitter accounts in the car, driving, listening to the first quarter on the radio, panicking, freaking out. The student newspaper guy at Kansas rats us both out on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, nice of Brady McCullough and Rob Cassidy to join us. Boy. I just routed to Brady, who now works at the Pittsburgh Post team. Yeah. I got news for you. That kid would have been getting a knuckle he sandwich did, or two. He got a stern lecture from Jeez, Brady. Jeez, I'd be like, come on, bro. Yeah. Snitches get stitches, the man. Me- the media meal, a nice knuckle sandwich yeah. with Jeez. McCaffrey's mustard on it. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> Rob, take it away. You and uh, Mr. Leach talking. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Be sure to listen on iTunes, subscribe, all that stuff. 
All right, joined now by Mike Leach, the head coach at Washington State, uh, a two-time guest here now. Uh, I guess you can say the same thing about every recruiting class, right? I mean, and there's all the, the every coaching cliche in the book. What makes this one different as opposed to the other ones you signed at Washington State when you first look at it? Well, I think we're progressively getting better. We get better and better players. I think we've been getting better and better players, and that's a credit to our staff and also our players we have here. I mean, we put on um, – you know, this is an exciting place to be, and I mean, it's difficult for words to fully describe that, but we have the best facilities in the Pac-12, and then also um, with the players that have come here, um, we've developed a really good product. I mean, um, you know, and obviously there's games this last season I'd like to have over, but, um, um, you know, we put a real good product out there on the field, and um and we are one of the most exciting teams in the country to watch. And we've got, like I say, a lot of stuff to improve on. We're a pretty young team. and But I think everybody can see with a few additions, um, you know, how positive the future is. And I think uh, that really translates for some of the results of our recruiting class. You go out into L.A. and you get Jameer Calvin, who had been committed to a couple other schools before you. How much of it, when you're selling a wide receiver like that with a ton of options, is, you know, the attractiveness of, quote-unquote, the Mike Leach offense, the, the, you know, the ability to have a wide receiver uh, be so involved? How much is that a part of why you can get a guy like that, and how did you convince him to come to Washington State? Uh, we've always done well in Southern California, you know, because if you think about this conference, we have a great conference with a lot of variety, but they're almost all urban settings, and we provide uh, – you know, the, the the college town experience, which uh, other than perhaps Oregon State, we're the only school in the conference that does. And um, so I think, you know, the fact that there's no freeways and uh, things are simple here is a pleasant relief to a lot of those guys in Los Angeles. And then I think in Jameer's case and others, uh, the fact that, um, uh you know, we've, we've been associated with uh, so many uh, receivers that have gone on and had success in the NFL, and we've been um, – and also uh, we lead the nation in uh, passing most of the time, and we've, we've led it more than anybody else. And then the other thing is, is uh, you know, the occasional team that beats us out, you know, they'll have a big year, then they'll drop way down, but we're in it every single uh, time. And I think uh, they can see the consistency of that. And I'm based, we've talked in the past, I'm based out of Miami, I'm in South Florida. Obviously, Washington State is located in Pullman, which is about as far geographically as you can get away from Florida and South Florida. But you, you dip down and you get three guys out of the state of Florida to come all the way across the country and play for Washington State. That can't be an easy pitch, right? Like, I mean, how do you how do you put people's minds at ease when you're trying to recruit these kids? You've done a pretty, well, pretty good job out there. Well, I think that – I think that um, – a lot of it is, 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 you know, if you think about it, and Los Angeles is like this too. I think things enter into. I think, I, I, you know, a lot of skilled players in Florida, and you know, they want to play in a great system like that. I think that exists, and and they also see the NFL uh, moving our direction. We haven't changed at all, but the, the NFL's beelining our way as far as their style of play. Um, I think the other thing, though is there's an awful lot of people in South Florida who even if they were born there, they're not from South Florida. And then uh, their families aren't anyway. And then um, 
And then the other thing, I just get curious about what the rest of the country's up to, you know, and I think they're, I wonder what those cats are up to. Maybe they'll all end up back in South Florida, but, you know, for the short run, they want to see uh, uh, the Australians call it a walkabout. They want to take their walkabout during college and catch a bunch of balls, score a bunch of touchdowns. They'll just be on an exciting uh, team. Yeah, no, that's definitely my kind of walkabout, right, through Pullman. You are kind of isolated down there in South Florida, I guess, when you think about it. It is kind of removed from from the rest of everything else. And I, I guess I've never thought about it that way. Do you think that really is something that they just don't like being isolated down there and want to kind of get out and spread their wings? I've wondered because North Florida, it's very hard to recruit guys to get them out of North Florida. I mean, North Florida are more like uh, those, a lot of those traditional Southern kids, you know, they'll go to a different state, but they want to be about three hours from home. And then from my experience, and there's those that may disagree and, and, um, and that may have had different experiences, but once you get south of Orlando, those guys will leave and kind of anxiously. I remember I used to take my staff down to Key West, or we'd go to, you know, uh, down in clinic with uh, the Miami Hurricanes. And I mean, the Hurricanes would have won the national championship that year, you know, and I mean, they'd be like the top program, would have won the national championship. And, uh, a lot of other programs, like say a lot of other SEC programs, or at the time I was in Valdosta, and then later in, at Texas Tech, or you know, like some of the Big 12 programs where you go there, and it's just slammed with coaches coming to watch film and watch spring practice. There wouldn't be anybody down there in Miami. I mean, nobody. And we're talking, you know, guys that have had huge success, guys that had been just tremendous coaches. Uh, guys that had done uh, been the most impressive team on the field. We were literally happy that we were interested, happy we found our way all the way down there, you know. I, I think that, um, and, and, you know, I grew up in Wyoming, which has a quality of, uh, you know, it's hard to get there from here. And, um, you know, so my exposure to the outside world was I'd read about it and I'd see it on TV. And then um, – well, and then, uh, you know, just anxious to travel, see, check out you know, what else is going on. And I think uh, my suspicion is is that uh, I think there's some of that in Southern California. I think there's definitely some of that, you know, Florida. And, and I think there's other little pockets kind of like that. But And I'm not just talking about the art school, but, the, you know, it seems like South Florida kids will move, you know. Yeah, and especially now they say – I think maybe it's part of the, you know, the old saying, and you kind of touched on this, but Florida's weird in the way that the further north you go, the more southern the culture becomes. Uh, uh, and maybe, yeah, that, no, maybe no, that's no. the allure of the SEC up there, right, is those North Florida kids consider themselves to be kind of southerners uh, that are drawn to the SEC, and otherwise, you know, maybe when you get south, they don't see themselves. They don't kind of identify that way. Is that, that what you think? Well, I think the traditional southern guys um, – it's like like in Texas, it's a big thing to be in the state, to be in the state of Texas. You know, and there's an awful lot of recruits where they don't want to leave Texas. And then they've kind of grandfathered Oklahoma in a little bit, but um, they don't want to leave Texas, okay? And then the funny thing that I found when I coached in Georgia was, um, you know, they'll leave the state. There's none of this state. It's just the general uh the south or close to home 
they, yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to go anywhere where you can't get sweet tea readily, right? They want to be three hours away. Yeah, and the, and um, and I do think that that sweet tea is the best way to identify the modern style. I mean, if they give you, if you ask for tea and they give you sweet tea um, without you asking for it, where it's just automatic sweet tea, uh, that's the South. You know, that's the South nowadays. Yeah, 100%. And the sweet tea test, I think, is perhaps the most accurate one because, you know, the uh, times have changed a little bit, and I think that's a much more specific identifier. Like, uh, you know, obviously – some of the states have changed and, you know, said some have drifted southern and uh, perhaps more have drifted uh, uh, more traditional north, trying to keep up with the Joneses up there, perhaps. One more thing before I let you go here. When you look at this class, and it's, it's a big class for you guys, is there, either because of talent or situation, just you guys' depth chart, are there a couple guys that you think are going to have a real good shot to come in and, and maybe get on the field early? Um, I'm always the worst at identifying that, you know. Um, and then it seems like it's uh, almost the kiss of death. Uh, let me just say this. The guys that adjust the, the quickest, and it's not always the biggest, strongest, fastest. It's the ones that have the ability to adjust quick. Go out there and just turn it on. Do what they did in high school. Start with that without any anxiety, and then just progress. Those are the guys that can early. And then obviously, you know, there's the – particular needs a team might have that rotate around a little bit. All right, Michael, we'll let you get out of here. I know you're busy. I still need to hit you up for the Key West recommendations. Just say you know uh, all kinds of guys for me to contact them. I need to do that eventually. Oh, text me anytime. Uh, I don't have voicemail, so it's best to text. Text me anytime, and uh, I'll tell you all the places to hook you up down there. Not having voicemail sounds amazing. I recently got rid of my Facebook. It was the, it was the best thing I ever did. I think I, I highly recommend the not uh, having voicemail, um, and then just te- you know, like like a, you know, like I text, I call them right back. You know, now when of course when I retire, I'm going to get one of those old-fashioned phones, and uh, and it's going to have like one of the you know just a voicemail. That'll be it, and it'll say, uh, I return my calls on Wednesday. If I feel like it, I'll return yours. You know what I mean? And this this retirement's definitely happening in Key West, right? That's that's your spot. Uh, I'll probably spread out a little. I'll go somewhere and ski. I've also thought, you know, what'd be cool is pick out a country, say just somewhere in Europe, and just a cool spot there. You could go there for a month or two and just satellite your stuff from there, but just kind of get to experience the community in kind of an extended period of time where you get to know some folks and things, you know. Yeah, see, you and I are the same in that way. I, I, I will not be one that's one of those people that has to work my whole life. I will, as soon as I can, quit and go <laughs> go do something else. <laughs> hey, do you know Yogi Roth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, see, I mean, he epitomizes that. I mean, he left coaching for that reason. Just felt like, you know, it was too extreme of a way to spend his life, you know, and, and it would inhibit his travel. He just got back from Iceland. Yeah, I, you know, and I can see it. Like people are like, people think that's like weird or eccentric. I think, and I'm like, no, I, you know, if I, I, I would totally do that. <laughs> well, you're gonna be dead in a hundred years anyway, and so I mean, and all you have to do is experience, you know, this uh, thing. And, and and believe me, I can't say he's wrong, and I've thought about it a lot. You know, 
Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, Michael, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll be in contact before I head down to the Keys. Oh, all right, yeah, anytime. All right.